Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where Brandy meets bludgeoning, Mimosa meets misdemeanour and Port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. For an East Asian perspective, it's too much human right in this country. <laughs> Twitter for a bit. Right. <laughs> Legend, the Hannah George story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Some people have too much money. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Welcome to another episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime, or should I say Drunk Men Solving Crime? <laughs> it is the last episode of this year's Men's Month. We are joined by the fantastic comedian Quan Wen. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for having me. <laughs> How are you? I am good. I'm good. I'm out with my um, teddy teddy bear yes. again, so always a joy when I take him out. Maybe for him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, anyone listening at home, check out our social media because we will have posted some excellent <laughs> photos of us doing some hilarious japes with the bear drinking. <laughs> he really looks like he's enjoying what we're saying. <laughs> First guest we've had to bring a teddy bear. Hope it's not the last. It's brought, <laughs> it's brought untold joy. Yeah. This is awesome. Also the huge suitcase you bought with you. 
I bought that suitcase in Edinburgh. Did you? Because I went to Edinburgh French Festival with yeah. one suitcase. I bought so many like rubbish. I ended up with another suitcase. <laughs> what did you buy? Like shortbread? <laughs> I just feel like, what was it? Just the Scottish yeah, what thing? Went okay. in there? I kid you not. I bought a dehumidifier at the start of the French Festival because the place I found was so damp. You know, oh, very typical oh, British housing. Oh, and I thought. I, I felt by not doing just a tonic, I would save my lung for another collapse. Like <laughs> but it turns out the accommodation was just horrible. So I bought it and I sold it at the end of it. Oh, wow. Oh, oh smart to sell yeah. it. Okay, yeah. all right. All right, that's, well, with that, right. <laughs> but that didn't go in and lock it, just random stuff, like stuff. <laughs> this is, okay, we are dealing, we have a genius on the force. This is good. We don't you know are, how much you sold it for. The new, like. No, the new recruit is thinking outside the box and I like it. <laughs> Juan, we have one question. Yes. Have you ever been the victim of a crime? I have. Actually, maybe it's not me. It's more Nunu who was the true victim. <gasps> okay. Of Nunu that is, is my teddy bear. bear. Yes. Yeah, that means a, a teddy in French. Nunus. Oh. I stole him from my French ex. Okay. <laughs> so I, I make sure, because like, we didn't live in the same city, and sort of Nunu just spent six months here and there between oh that's very rough on a bear but that's very (laughs) typical modern european right and i made sure i had him before i broke up with my oh Oh, very clever he requested share custody and just ignored it for years so you have kidnapped this bear (laughs) i didn't i think he would have chosen if he could Obviously, London is better than a French part. It's not Paris, it's a provincial town. Oh, okay, well. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> this year I took Nunu's to Edinburgh to do the French festival, and yeah. Nunu was part of the show. That means every day to prep for the show, I have to take him. Mm-hmm. walking to the venue so i pick a accommodation super close by venue it's a very mm. short five to eight minute walk and day in day out because people bring shit crazy shit during french i think mm. the locals are used to yeah they're immune to seeing weird stuff yeah so i lost any sense of shame like, <laughs> <laughs> on the first day i would try to hide him in back and and in, in eventually i just like put king heads around and said look the beautiful city of edinburgh <laughs> one day i think was a halfway through the festival run i was on my way back and i feel this whoosh sound someone was running really fast past yeah. me and suddenly I saw Nuno's leaving my <gasps> sight no, no. so I once saw um, watch a video on YouTube say a family release a bunny to the garden and say and to little daughter's horror, an <laughs> eagle just flew down and snapped wow. the bunny and flew away. So I feel exactly... <laughs> Sorry that to laugh. Was... <laughs> right, that was really funny, right? Except I was on receiving and I saw right. my, like, my... That my, was your bunny. That my, 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 my nonos, my love, was sure. leaving me because I never let him out. Like, this Edinburgh <laughs> Fringe Festival was exception. Yeah. And I said, like, don't get spoiled. You don't get to go out there often. Except I broke my rule because he's out again today. Anyway, I saw <laughs> what? Why are you flying out of my vision? I realized someone snatched him because I put Nunu's in a in a big bag, and because I had uh, so many stuff, so I only uh, take him in my uh, on my on my left hand side. Yeah, I didn't hold him or hug him, so I 
I, I walk from the shock and I start to chase that guy. Yeah. I said, please. I was pleading initially. He said, don't. I, I need the teddy for my show. And and then he was still running. I was still running. I started almost crying. I said, wow. please, I really, really need him. But he was just running. And I ran faster than I ever could. And he started doing a U-turn and zigzagging. Uh. We were on a two lane, so we were running between cars. But it's a oh narrow street on the top of Edinburgh, and and I started yelling, "Help! He's got my!" Because you can imagine when people <laughs> say that, "Help! He's got my rucksack or wallet," and I say, "Help! He's got my teddy bear." So I think <laughs> the locals were kind of confused and shocked as well. I was like, "This sentence just doesn't make sense." So I was still running after him. But thank God the Edinburgh locals were kind. I don't oh. think this would have happened in a. Uh, South London, where I live, because right. three gentlemen, <gasps> I would say uh, Scots in their 50 and 60, the uncles, three of them tried to block him on different no occasions. So he couldn't flee the thing, and he saw my determination, so he then dropped the teddy bear, oh. and he wanted to flee. And Nunu was sort of flattened and dropped to the oh. ground in the middle of the road. Thank God no car ran over him, so I took oh. him up, wow. and I was filled with rage. I started chasing that guy. I didn't let him go. Huh? And he thought I would have started. I said, no, no, you you enraged the mother bear. I'm not going to let you go, <laughs> right? So I was running after him, and he ran into these small alleys, and it kept turning. And I realized that I have to make him believe that I stopped when I don't. Oh, so I deliberately stopped God. for a second or two. And then he thought he lost me. <laughs> and I started again. And I saw him go into a dead end, trying to remove oh his hoodie gosh. and his rucksack. And I appear with a teddy <laughs> in my hand. And he was like, Ooh, what do you want? I say, you think you can get away with this that easily? So I went straight to him and choke his <gasps> neck oh against gosh. the wall and start to pull his hair. Because I thought, <laughs> if I'm going to hit him, I can't hit him in the face because he will be bruises and bleeding and I will be accused of assaults, right? So I have to attack him where there's less visual evidence. Of course. So I start to grab his hair and kick him. <gasps> and he said, dude, are you crazy? I said, no, you mess with my teddy bear. I'm not going to let you go. So he was running and I grabbed him again and kick him and kick him and straight into the um, belly button stomach. And he ran away. He ran into a pub and I ran into the pub after him. <laughs> oh my God. And he's like, this guy's crazy. He wants to kill me. So the security kicked me out. I was not happy, but then he thought he was safe. And then security kick him out as well and say, not our problems. <laughs> so when I was just about to start the second round of kicking, then people were shouting, police, police. So I saw two policemen coming towards me. So I cannot be seen attacking me in front of policemen. So I stopped and he tried to flee. I just kept pulling his jacket so he couldn't go. So the police arrived. <laughs> And I want to say to the police, he tried to kidnap my teddy bear. But I still know what people who don't love teddy bear think. So I said, okay, he tried to rob me of my teddy bear. But I think it's actually a kidnap, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there was the kidnap attempt. And he, del he I think he succeeded. So he managed to kidnap Nunus. But um, it's thanks to the nice old gentleman in yeah. Edinburgh. So I got my teddy bear. I love <sighs> Scotland for that. That's great. <laughs> Fucking hell, what a story. I have to say, one of them looked like he probably had heart arthritis and he was still trying his best to <laughs> oh, block like, oh my between cars. Like this old silver white hair, the old gentleman trying his best with these difficult <gasps> knees. That was really touching. 
<laughs> That's absolutely lovely. That's really heartwarming. So I, I think, from the police point of view, it was robbery. But they probably think that there's no particular values.、So、it's not like a robbery, robbery. I think from their perspective,、mm. it's like that. So did they arrest him? They didn't. But I think to give him a lesson, they did a full-on body search. Oh, okay. And check through his babies in there, and check through, and check through his. I think I could see him shake, like literally shaking, because he might be thinking, I don't know whether he could carry any drugs. He was a youngster, right? So that would have served as a lesson. But they did say there would be no record. They they would、okay. give him a, a verbal warning, right? What do I think? And by that time, his little girlfriend arrived on the scene holding a pizza. <laughs> so he probably was waiting for his girlfriend to have a date, right? They're supposed to spend wow, quality evening together.、Wow. Instead, he saw a giant, tall, big, fluffy East Asian guy walking past with a giant teddy bear. He thought it'd be hilarious to rob him of his bear. Yeah. Except the mother bear doesn't let go. <laughs> <laughs> I became a psycho chihuahua. <laughs> So the pizza has gone cold, and the police ask me, "Are you happy with that?" And I say, "I just request. I want to request to speak with his girlfriend. That's all I want." So, and did you? I did. I was trying to do like X Factor shopping story, but I was just giving on this energy. Dump him, dump him. But I was saying that <laughs> I'm an immigrant in this country. I have no one but this teddy bear. That's not true. I have sixty. Three other teddy bears. Although Nunu is obviously my favorite, I just say to him like I could not imagine living without my teddy bear. Yeah, your boyfriend almost robbed me of that. But I was just trying to energy like dump、yeah. him, dump him, mercilessly.、Yeah. And do you think you were getting through? Did she look really disappointed in him, or did she look like she didn't really care? She just gave this what the fuck. <laughs> And to be fair, I get it. <laughs> so what a scene like, she's coming to. He he saw that it was a teddy bear. He didn't like grab your bag thinking it could be something else. Yeah, because his head was poking up on a Zara shopping bag. So and he pulled Nuno out of the shopping this bag. This was a bullying. Yeah. Yeah. What、well, fucking? This、yeah. was absolutely like it's not about value. It's about I'm gonna bully this person. Yeah. Who? Yeah. What's this guy doing with a teddy bear? Fuck him. But、yeah. I'm taller than him, and I'm big. Than him, and he just think because of my ethnicity, I can't be a threat. I'm fucking psycho. If <laughs> I mean, we've all learned that today. <laughs> we've all learned. I love、that. it as well. You're like, I can't hit him somewhere, but he, people can see. I'm gonna love that. Like, no, I, I could have. Like, no, I could、oh. have used my fist, but if he start nose bleeding, then I know when police arrive, I would be. Yeah. The yes. One. And it sure, worked、sure. out actually, didn't it? Because the police did arrive. Like,、yeah. I don't want to use the language, but from East Asian perspective, it's too much human right in this country. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you an example. The police in this country try to use a tactic. They will use the car to bomb the、um, those people on mobile, stealing people's mobile phone on the pavement. And and the first thing people, a lot of people would then say that it's really dangerous. Police shouldn't be hurting people. My view maybe it come from the background when I grew up. It wasn't for democracy. I just thought, but they shouldn't commit the crime first or attempt to commit the crime first. I mean, I'm learning to. Meet you guys in the middle. I don't know. <laughs> I I wouldn't think that. Oh, it's great. We're hurting them, but yeah. No, I know what you mean because that. I I mean, it must still be happening. I've left London, guys. I just couldn't stand all the mobile phone thefts. I left. <laughs> 
But I remember this being a big conversation that it was even if it, if you were the victim of it, it was like, be careful that you don't knock them off the moped because, yeah. because you can be charged with assault, even though they're taking your phone. Um, oh. But I remember this conversation and then I thought, because it was happening a lot in the neighborhood I lived in, and I thought someone was coming up to steal my mobile one day. And so I just instinctively kicked sideways. Sure, I'm a yellow belt in kickboxing. No big deal. <laughs> I kicked sideways and then looked and realized it was just a delivery driver. Oh, <laughs> no. to me and I was like, oh no, I'm that white woman. I'm that white woman who just kicked a delivery driver. But wow. part of the reason I was able to stop and think and delay that one or two mm. seconds is because this kind of attempted mobile that happens to me three or four times where I live in South London. Oh, it mm. just, I have a very strong grip. <laughs> <laughs> I think I train myself sexually, but like when I hold... <laughs> But when I hold my phones, when people try to grab it, they couldn't. Like no people, way. yeah, people try to steal my phone. They just couldn't grab it, and also I tend to hold it in both hands. Man. Like a... that is such a great visual. It's just like amazing. But they tend to be on a bike, so despite my chasing, I never managed to reach them. Once I was carrying a tripod for my comedy show, I would film myself yeah. carrying a tripod. I was this close to take out the tripod and try to whip it, you know, like a boomerang. Oh. But I was like, what if I accidentally hit a car parking on the yeah. side and just? So I thought about this kind of revenge scenario. In in this case, this guy was the unlucky one because he wasn't on the bike. I was able to get to him in the end. I probably unleashed all my anger accumulated over the years. Yeah, also, like, just just a run at Edinburgh will do that to you. Like, that's just... I would have gotten winded halfway through this journey. I would have been like, I want want to take you down, but I just can't. I can't. The fact that you just kept going around all these turns. If it it had been my mobile phone, I might have. But because it was Nunu's, I was I was yeah. heartbroken and and angry. I couldn't I couldn't control my emotion at that time. I, wow, I, adrenaline, adrenaline, adrenaline. Yeah. no, it's mo- motherly love. Motherly love. <laughs> I'm so impressed. We always ask on this. <laughs> Oh, we always ask on this podcast, what would you say if you had the perpetrator now? But you basically caught the perpetrator and you got to have a go. So yeah. is there anything you would add that you wished had happened differently or? I think I would have insisted to the police, no, it was an attempted, no, it wasn't robbery. He's not right. attempted because he, he managed to rob me. I got sure. it back. Yeah. 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 Um, I know eventually he might, maybe I wouldn't let him go at the verbal warning. I said, no, I want a record. On a press charges. Yeah, press yeah. charges. <laughs> How old do you think this guy was? Like, ish? 16, 17. Okay. Okay. Mm. Oh, okay. Little bully. Little bully. Yeah. What a little Dick. shit. On his way to a date as well. Like, I find that fascinating. So is he going to be like, look, I got you a bear and it's doomed. But I, got, I can't I can't imagine if I didn't manage to get my teddy back, what would he <clears throat> do? Because he, he doesn't need one. No. Uh, would yeah. he, he wouldn't take him to charity shop, just dump him by the rail. And, and why? Yeah. Why does he? Maybe he, he has some unhappiness in his life. I understand, but... Yeah. yeah, no, I totally get it. <laughs> I love it. You solved. I love it when we solve them. You solved your own crime. <laughs> oh my gosh. I oh, love I... that that guy's like, I'm going to fuck with this guy. And then could he have imagined that you would yeah. end up like I think he may develop like a chubby Asian, East Asian man phobia for the rest of his life. <laughs> Anyone of my physique appear in the vicinity, he starts to pee himself. Good. 
good. Yes. Good. Deserved. He's, he's learned a fucking lesson. Cheers. Yeah, Cheers. Cheers. Well done. <laughs> to Jetties. Yeah. Now it's time for drunk women solving crime. Like so many great ideas that end in a federal investigation, this hot mess of a case <laughs> will have you saying what the actual fuck, which is also the name of my sex tape. Hey! hey. <laughs> Gotta get it in. Also the name of my sex tape. Uh, so, uh, I am bringing you wigs, forged passports, drama, billionaires, mail fraud, larceny, and more. Also, I have a crime case. Also, when you said male fraud, I I, I thought you meant like just sort of... Men. Yeah, just men in general. Like, but you M-A-I-L. Yes. Okay. It's the the other spelling. I suppose we'd call it post-fraud, wouldn't we? But yes, spoiler, it's an American case. Uh, Oh, you gave that away with the wigs and the billionaires, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. Okay, we're in 1972. Uh, American Pie by Don McLean is riding high in the charts just oh. giving you background Apollo 17 lands on the moon Nixon is the president okay Ooh. I'm sure nothing could go wrong there <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna turn out fine he did eventually Madonna sang American Pie so <laughs> 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 if they had not I'm oh, sorry if nobody saw that coming <laughs> um, now a hotly anticipated book is about to be published by McGraw Hill and New York City publishing company but before the publication date Uh, officials at a company called Hughes Tool Company demand that the publication be halted. So your first question is, what is the subject matter of this book? Hughes Tool Company. Yes. So it's about hammers. (laughs) So your guess for the book subject is hammers. (laughs) Well, that's what popped into my head. When you say tool, I say hammer. Tool, hammer, tool, hammer. No, what the hell? What can be scandalous about tools? Yeah. Think outside the box. It doesn't have to be tools. Elon Think- Musk is a tool. <laughs> <laughs> Think outside the toolbox, guys. Um, so maybe it was just to do with the person that ran the, yeah, the tool company. Could be. Could be. So uh, if somebody wants a book not to come out, do we know if it's a fiction book? Uh, not yet. Okay. Does it have to do with Watergate? What did it happen yet? Uh, excellent question. And hold that thought. But actually, no, Watergate hasn't happened yet. Okay. Okay. Oh. Because yeah, often it would be if if it was something that they like an expose or something. Okay, yeah. About them or their daughter or something. Right. Maybe it's an expose of the tall man's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Guess am I right? Okay. Don't so keep us in suspense. So we've got, we've got tools, expose, and I think the company's tool may be used in some kinky sexual shit by some celebrities, and they don't want to be tainted with the image of their hammer going to. <laughs> in the sex Stop. time. Yeah. Hammer time. <laughs> Didn't realize okay. what that song was about until okay. now. Okay. Um, all excellent answers. None of you are correct. <laughs> I'm astounded. Juan <laughs> <laughs> Wen is spot on. <laughs> um, I mean, Hannah is almost the nearest, but still no. Oh. Uh, so basically, this is an autobiography of Howard Hughes. Okay. Now, at this time, Howard Hughes is a 67-year-old billionaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came from money, but he also has his own success in films and aviation. I um, don't imagine all that money that he came from helped at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was it a leg up? Now, I always confuse Howard Hughes with Hugh Hefner. So just okay. to be clear... 
It is not Hugh Hefner. It's not Hugh Hefner. It is a different guy. And he was just a real eccentric billionaire, right? Yes. That's his we main will, brand. We will get to okay. all his eccentricities okay. in a minute. Uh, but question, on what grounds have Hughes's company demanded publication be halted? Oh, so how about you? Yeah, I've got to say, like, I've heard the name, but I do not know anything about him. He was into planes. Okay. <clears throat> right? Yeah. So is it a tool that has to do with aviation? Yeah, is that your... Yes, that's my that's my guess. <laughs> that's um, guess. I will give you a little overview of him in a, in a second. Okay. Uh, the Simpsons have spoofed him. You might recognise there's an episode where Mr Burns has really long nails and hair and is obsessed by germs. That's a spoof of Howard Hughes. Oh, he was... He was um, but we will, we will get to that in a right. second. So why is his company saying that they want the uh, book publication halted. Does it suggest that he's not a Nepo baby and that he's like... I don't think Nepo babies have a level of self-awareness, to be fair. It's like, what privilege? I don't have any privilege. Why don't you all have billions? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's been idiot not to have billions. I had to work really hard to withdraw my trust fund. (laughs) So I imagine it's just something about, yeah, something about him specifically, about maybe something he's done all right um, which isn't very specific is it? Don't like it. it's more likely to be correct but are they accusing him of a crime in the book they're saying Ooh. this is what we think that he has done this he is okay. embezzled maybe he's done some mail fraud perhaps hey. oh mail fraud I forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> see i'm stuck guess. on tools i'm like what did he do with a hammer because that's the only tool i know i kept thinking these um this involves passport so okay. did he have a dual identity and he's then done weird Ooh. shit in another country? Ooh. Almost like a different mm. personality yeah, identity. Okay. That's a great guess, actually. Um, he was known as Boward Buse <laughs> in South America. I just I keep correcting myself because whenever you say Hugh, I think of the whale spelling. And I thought, no, this is in America. So it must be H-U-G-H, not H-U-W. You're thinking of it the is... Welsh spelling. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Oh, it's H-U-W. No, not at all. I'm married to a Welsh guy, so it's totally topical. You've made Taylor's Day. Yeah. I do. We're trained to get excited when anyone says Wales. We're like, yay! <laughs> All right, so none of you quite have it. Basically, they want it halted, but they're saying it's fake news. Uh, what their, A spokesperson at Hughes' tool company denounced the planned book as a fake. They say Hughes has had nothing to do with the writing of this book, and no one has his permission, and it's a scam. Oh, so they say he wrote the book? I'm really oh, confused. Yeah. So the book is an autobiography, which means that Hughes has said here's my book of my life. And then his company comes out and said, you can't publish this. Hughes has never done, written an autobiography of his life. Oh. And he don't have oh. his permission. Hughes has nothing to do with this book. It's fake news. It's a scam. Oh, okay. We want this book stopped. I get it now. Okay, sorry. <gasps> I'm I always so thing. amazed at like how many autobiographies are called my autobiography, <laughs> which is just like, I think Victoria <laughs> Beckham has one called my autobiography. Probably. Also, isn't it safer to just write a biography well yeah <laughs> instead of pretending yeah that he wrote it because you wouldn't run into this kerfuffle just saying but perhaps you would get less money anyway uh, now the publishers don't believe Hughes's company at first they think that that is a scam them saying stop so publishers McGraw-Hill denied the charge and expressed confidence in the authenticity of the manuscript and because Hughes has supposedly collaborated with this writer called Clifford Irving 
So my next question is, how could there possibly be any confusion at the point of publication as to whether permission has been obtained or not? Because it was probably Hugh Hefner. They were like, <laughs> and they're like, oh no, we got the ghostwriter for Hugh on the phone and we're just confused. It turns out it's the Welsh Hugh Hefner, which is just... <laughs> Holy God, he only bunny. had one bunny. It yeah. was really pathetic. Is he one of the identical twins? And that's why. <laughs> because one of the twins went to the publisher. And so, yeah, it's up to you. Oh, yeah. the evil Hughes. That, yes. <laughs> like Ursula and Phoebe from Friends, basically. Yes. <laughs> that's it. my guess. That would be brilliant. <laughs> Doing porn. This really reminds me of, like, I don't know whether you had these when you were a kid, but, like, I'd have, like, annuals of my favourite, like, boy band, but it would say 100% unofficial. Like, it was, like... <laughs> And I'd be like, yeah, well, guys, I got the 100% unofficial one. Like, you didn't know when you were a kid that that meant that they had fuck all to do with it and yeah. all the pictures were stolen. But, I mean, what I'm saying is they could have just put 100% unofficial and autobiography. Yeah. yeah. Okay, any other guesses? We've all... I like the twins one is my favourite. Did you answer, Taylor? Sorry, no offence. <laughs> Sure, had a witty quip or two. Oh, I mean, was he God. dead though? Like, is no, that he no. doesn't die for. I think he's seventy-four when he dies. He dies later in the seventies. Okay. It's seventy-two at the moment. He's sixty-seven. He's still alive, just like you, Hefner. There we go. So the reason that there could be any confusion at all is because Hughes was a total recluse, and no one has seen him for oh. years. <gasps> so everything just would have been by post, and there's mail fraud. Coming up right up. Yes. Woo! I'm with you. Oh, okay. wow. This is almost like a start of the zombie film. You <laughs> maintain a lie because it turned into a zombie, but you don't want to let him actually die. Did Katie mention zombies at the beginning? Because I'm very excited. It was a long list. We, uh, yeah, I mentioned a lot of stuff. I may have laid it on The zombie knit passports. Uh, so by the zombie late... mail fraud, what? <laughs> so, but basically, by the late 1950s, he's Howard Hughes started exhibiting what gets called eccentric behaviour. Uh, he was apparently obsessed with germs, secrecy, and had severe OCD. Yeah. He also had had several plane crashes, which we will get to. Several. Yeah, and one, that's too many. One was. <laughs> One in particular was She's pretty bad. It. But by the time it's the early 70s, where we are now, outside of his inner inner circle of servants, no one has really seen him for decades now. Right. And um, he's so private. It's hard to imagine in the modern world. The closest we have now is someone going, I'm going off Twitter for a bit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and announcing it for a week. Yeah. Still going soon. Yeah, yeah. We just don't have this now. Yeah. Um, oh, so man. this author, the accused scammer, Clifford Irving. Now he's with this, so he's a writer. He's not. He's described as an unsuccessful novelist. Uh, he's written a few, like The Valley. That's so hard. Just say novelist. Just. Novelist. <laughs> <laughs> it's shorter. It's easier for everyone. <laughs> he's like he's had books out, but they're not. He's never quite broken into like success. Well, okay, it's a hard industry. It's a people. hard, hard industry. All right. Um, and now he's got this friend Richard Suskind, who is a children's author. Now, they form this plan, and Clifford has provided uh, some, you know, a piece of evidence, quote-unquote, that has convinced McGraw-Hill, the publishers, that he has permission from the reclusive billionaire Howard Hughes wow. to write his autobiography. So what has he done to convince this publishers that Howard Hughes is like, yeah, please write my book? Oh. Shit. 
I can't help thinking an autobiography of a guy who's been a recluse for 20 years is going to be fucking boring. <laughs> yeah. like, woke up. Day 12. Yeah. Made had some sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then I sat in again. Yeah. Guess it's time for bed. 3pm, worried about germs. <laughs> wow. But do you simply need a letter from the company's, with the company letterhead, a logo, and... Because the publisher wouldn't know what his actual signature is like. That's a great answer. So just need to, like, this is my um, authorization and make it look really formal. It's, like, it's almost yeah. reminds me of the Diana interview, the BBC journalist, right? Oh. Didn't he forge some evidence as well? Yes, and, yeah, it was like some oh, bank yeah, statements or something, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You have, you have touched on, so, like, you're, you are slightly wrong, but you are in a good area. Um, <laughs> she's... She's Name a my harsh sex teacher. <laughs> I didn't know it was a compliment or an insult. It was both. <laughs> I feel like it's with my mom again. This is real, very, really homesick. It, <laughs> it is neither a compliment or an insult. It is just information. It's just facts. It's just, it's just to facts. help guide you. <laughs> and the way it made How you feel. How an insult when it's true? <laughs> Okay, so partially right, partially wrong. Mm. <laughs> Do you think it's the company logo that's the right bit or the signature forging? God, I'm not sure. They're definitely forging something, but is it mm-hmm. something different than mail, mail, mail fraud? <laughs> <laughs> we know it's mail fraud. Do they have, you know, when people print out their own return address stickers? Yeah, and that's pretty fancy. So does do they just print okay. up some like? Howard Hughes, two twenty-seven okay. Howard Hughes Lane. <laughs> if he's so eccentric, maybe there's an authorization with wax and the seal from the back. That's great. H-H. So like a, a fake wax seal of approval. Yeah, I love this answer. Can you can you top this? Well, I mean, because I'm thinking because it is the seventies, right? So like, actually, they, they he could have uh, some recorded like recorded him mm-hmm. visually or recorded him audibly right. saying something. I think it's probably a sort of a letter based thing because that okay. feels like you can't really argue with a video of Howard Hughes going go on then do the autobiography had so. he so there's another author involved I love yeah. that it, the children's author is like go dodgy baby it's the only way to get successful <laughs> it's fantastic do they have a letter of approval that he legitimately gave to like a ghostwriter a long time ago Why? and that project never happened so maybe it's a legitimate Ooh. bit of legal permission but not to them a very interesting answer you got look I give out weird compliments <laughs> genuinely very impressed with everybody's answers I will now tell you uh, he had handwritten letters said to be from Hughes Mm. with his signature now so that's what you were wrong about he did they do have his signature because Hughes has been so famous for such a long time that previously his letters have been published in like Life magazine and so Ah. he's like on you know like there's been lots of opportunities for people to actually see his yeah so actually um so that that so they would have known what it looked like. Name of my sex too. <laughs> no, no, that's a stretch. Uh, so there's this you know supposedly handwritten letter from Hughes giving Irving permission um, and saying yeah yeah I want this dude to write my book. Now McGraw right. Hill are not stupid. They can't just accept a random handwritten letter on face value. Uh, so they did attempt to fact check uh, if these letters were authentic. So what they did is they submitted them to a respected handwriting analysis firm. <laughs> and the handwriting analysis firm determined that they had been written by Hughes. 
Oh. Right. Or you could ask the person himself. Do you yeah. think, dear Mr. Hughes, have you written these? No. But, yeah. But there was no email by then. So if they didn't have his number, then it would be difficult to... And it's really hard to get anything through it's to him. It's hard to get through he's to him. Because he's a recluse. Well, also, because I don't know the extent of his germophobia, but mm. maybe he wouldn't even accept post because well, it's been in the mm, yeah know. he actually that's a that's a good point as well so Answers. question for you guys now early doors who do you think's lying do you think that Irvin is doing a scam or do you think that Hughes has got cold feet and he actually did write this book oh oh I think maybe Q was already in a state of coma <laughs> and he's different did he have children I was assuming. No. Oh no! No, okay, this doesn't work. Then. Okay, people around him, and maybe his girlfriends or maybe yeah. his servants. Got a couple. Different of people have different views. So A wanted to publish this, and B didn't want to. And one used the voice to say, "I'm Hugh himself." The other say, "No, the company himself." But it's all people around him trying to manipulate the situation. Ah, so he's got like a little crew. Like yeah, I was trying to portray it a succession scenario, but I he doesn't have children. That's great. <laughs> They're all pulling the the puppet strings. So there's permission from someone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ugh. I feel like. Yeah. No. I I feel like the the, the people have forged it. Okay. Um, scam. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Because it's kind of like it's the perfect crime. It's kind of like he's he's a recluse. He's... I can sort of yeah. So I want really. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. Okay. And Taylor. I mean, I think you gave it away at the beginning when you said mail fraud. I did say mail fraud. This is true. Okay, uh, yes, it is a scam. Hey. Yay! Hey. <laughs> Yay, the scam. <laughs> uh, so this case is called The Howard Hughes Hoax, and there is a 2007 film about it starring Richard Gere. Oh, my oh. God. Oh. Um, Sorry. You can, you can go check that out. Did, did he reveal his bum in this one? <laughs> no. Okay, a bit less didn't. incentive to watch it. <laughs> American Geek. <laughs> I was gonna say, stick with that. Stick with American Geek. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. If you're gonna have a Richard Gear marathon, this is probably not gonna be one of the ones you're gonna watch. Um, now, um, Irvin had faked that handwriting by getting artist friends to create letters within the handwriting because they'd seen them in Newsweek magazine. As you said, Hannah, they're totally gambling on the idea that Hughes is so withdrawn from public life, he's not gonna step forward and denounce the book. Which is actually a solid plan in a way. And I mean, this is a desperate novelist, isn't it? Like, yes. I'm going to veer into a different genre and it's going to be a fraud. Like, yes. Oh. Also, like, the children's book author as well. Where did, like, where did he come from? They're just friends. Irving dragged him into it. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, also, there'd been this other case where Hughes was accused of something or, like, he owed some people money or something. To fight it, he would have to appear in court. And he was like, oh, fuck it, I'll just pay the money. Um, so I think they're kind of, like, counting um, on the idea that he 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 doesn't even give a shit. He's he not going to come out and he, fight. He's not going to come out and fight. Also, I'd be like, can I read the book first? Because, like, what if it sort of made me out to be, like, a fucking legend? And, like, only have the good bits from my life in it. Legend, the Hannah George story. Yeah. <laughs> Drunk women solving crime. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great 
great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. They actually renegotiate the terms halfway through before they deliver the thing. It gets up to like a million, but oh like, God. but obviously some of it's going to Hughes. So like, I think I've got in here seven hundred and sixty-five thousand uh, dollars. Was that that was a check, and it was made out to H.R. Hughes. What? So, just going to come back to that in a little minute. H.R. Hughes. Now, this was a much wanted book. The public were fascinated by Howard Hughes for a good reason. I will, We so do not have time to do anything like what we could call justice to this man's life. He's just done a million things. But he's rich because his dad invented a drill to drill for oil in a more efficient way. Oh, so he's tools. oil money, yes. And then, but, so his mum... It's a hell of a tool. <laughs> his mum died when he was 16 and then his dad died when he was 18. So he inherited all of this massive company, but then like all the other people in the company tried to like nick it off him and stuff. And there was like this big, he had to really fight for his, to keep his company. He succeeded, but he was going to be... I mean, I only feel a little bit bad for him so far. Yeah. <laughs> but if you think about it, with all the interesting happening in his life, he doesn't want to have a biography out. Unlike Prince Harry, right? It's must must. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very Prince Harry. It is. There's a lot of parallels. Just wants to be left alone. Yeah. <laughs> Do we know where Howard lost his virginity? <laughs> <laughs> very interested to find out. He before he got worried about germs, he fucked. Actually, even after, we'll get to this. Right, hang on. So uh, he would left university to save his company. And then after he saved the company, he decides that he wants to be a film director in Hollywood. Oh, so he goes to Hollywood. Question, was he a successful film director in Hollywood? I mean, we don't talk about Howard Hughes films much, do we? No, I feel like... <laughs> Who directed Apollo 13? Not him. Or <laughs> <laughs> something. I'm so sorry. I say no because he could get confused with Hugh Hefner, so that's why he was not successful. Yeah, yeah. That's a good answer. Do you guys think he was successful? Um, no. No, I don't. Okay, no. Successful? Look, maybe he had a one-off little indie hit. Sure. I feel like he created something like The Room, like, you know, he did one of those. Yes. Oh, my God. Like, the worst movies. Yeah. Okay, he... He was successful. Oh, oh. up to a point. He did better than the room. He did. He got a nominate. Anyway, like I'll quickly tell you. He he was very controlling and an absolute nightmare to work with. Uh, Standard. But he had commercial success in the 1920s. Oh. He had a film called Hell's Angels in 1930, uh, which got a nomination, an Academy Award nomination for best oh. cinematography flying film. It cost four million to make because he reshot it all because he wanted it to have sound. All of a sudden, he is an absolute. 
nightmare. Uh, oh. And then he did Scarface in 1932, and everyone was like, this is too violent. Oh, like the original Scarface? Yeah. Did he? That was him? Yeah. Uh, he does. So he's got a few films under his Was belt. Scarface actually a remake of that Scarface, though? All I or know is, is he different... made a film called Scarface in 1932, okay. and there were complaints wow. that it was too violent. Wow. And then he started to get annoyed that everyone was complaining about him. Uh, I bet somebody stole a teddy bear in it. (laughs) (laughs) And thought they could get away with it. (laughs) It's okay, it's fine, it's fine. (laughs) Original title, New News. (laughs) So in the 1930s, he leaves Hollywood and gets really into aviation. And that's when we have the planes. Okay. So he breaks some records. Can we just talk about billionaire men and flying (laughs) for a second? And And the crossover of like... You get wealthy enough and you want to go into the sky. Is that just the natural progression of like, I need to fly now? Ooh, no, they may else. want to d- dive deep in the sea as well. <laughs> <laughs> There's that version too. And sure, quite sure. differently. Just, I'm going to go further than most other people can go, right? There's this. Mm, yeah, well, I think. Drill also, up or drill they, down. He can have everything he wants. So he doesn't have disappointment. So to feel anything, he probably has to do this kind of shit i don't know so anyway he breaks the record for the round around the world flight he's like oh. building planes as well he builds the spruce goose which the simpsons oh, take the yeah, piss out the spruce of goose. so the plane crashes one in particular was really bad and he crushed his collarbone there was like the sort of it crashed and then it kind of exploded so he had multiple cracked ribs a crushed chest with a collapsed left lung which actually shifted his heart to the right side of his chest cavity i'm sorry oh. what it's I like know. a doctor who thing like, <laughs> <laughs> can that happen can you just push that over there well apparently did it stay there yeah someone stabbed think that's fatal so sorry my heart's just <laughs> it's here now yeah it's really fascinating it's there. mad and he had so much many third degree burns uh there is so also obviously like his head as well he but he properly <laughs> nearly died and his um doctors consider his recovery miraculous but he was recovering for a long time and he was in a lot of pain we don't even have time to talk about this thing with russia and a cia plot and then <laughs> i mean uh, that's always in there isn't it oh he bangs loads of hot chicks basically uh <laughs> And he's associated. Finally, we get the good stuff. Oh, oh we'll do um, aviation and Scarface. Yeah. He, uh, How many now chicks we're talking do we bang? About drills. He, uh, he... <laughs> <laughs> this is the real drilling. Give the people what they want. <laughs> he, um... <laughs> I don't know what to say on this. Be a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing just fine. You're just fine. <laughs> well, he uh, he dates Joan Crawford. Oh, and okay. loads of other people whose names. Wait won't... a second. Do you not think it's suspicious? I've after all the crush didn't die i think he did turn into a zombie to a degree well mm. hold that thought uh because some of these crashes are given credit for why he then behaved in this man oh so, head injury well and well okay so in 1958 he takes his ex- eccentricity up a gear and he tells his aides that he wants to screen some movies at a film studio near his home question how long does he spend in this studio's darkened screening room I don't know, but I'm embarrassed that I just went frontal lobe. <laughs> and now Amanda won't cut that out because now I've pointed out. How long did Never he spend? Never be funny about your mistakes. Frontal lobe. How long did he spend in the dark 
yeah. caverns of the... So he was screening them just for himself. Yeah, so he's obsessed with films. He's super rich. He decides, you know, we don't, can't just watch videos on YouTube like we can now. I mean, does he have he's a chamber like, pot? Does he have people bringing him food? Because this all... That is my question for you. Oh, my God. I bet he was there for this. If it's a real obsession, mm-hmm. and we know he has OCD, this could be mm-hmm. weeks. Okay. So we've got weeks. I'm, I'm going to say 13 days. Okay. Oh. Higher or lower, I would guys. say 14 hours. Okay. It's basically a day minus sleep. Okay. That's my thought. Okay. I would say, I remember an ex-boyfriend of mine made me watch all of the director's cuts of <laughs> Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, God. All three of the fuckers, oh, back wow. to back. And he wasn't eccentric, he was just boring. So, yeah. um, <laughs> no, bless him. Lovely guy. Did not take a hint as I fell asleep during those... Very long. You fell asleep ten minutes in. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but wow. like, I think that normal people can do a film marathon of you know, mm-hmm. sort of what's that about ten, twelve hours. Sure. So I think an eccentric guy who is a recluse. I'm going big. I'm going it's- big. I'm yeah. gonna say three months. Oh, I came oh. in so low. <laughs> but I mean, well, you may be right. Well, are we It's hard because are we allowing for sleep and like, is he having naps and? Okay. It is what it is. Who's the closest? Yes. Hannah is the closest. What? It is, it is four months. <laughs> okay. I so went alone. Oh my God. According to the legend of this, he didn't leave that room. He ate only chocolate bars and chicken and drank only milk. He was surrounded by dozens of boxes of Kleenex that he continually stacked and rearranged. Um, He wrote detailed memos to his aides, giving them explicit instructions to never look at him and only speak if spoken to. He apparently sat in that chair, mainly naked, continuously watching movies. He's living okay. like my dream life. I mean, what? I was going to say. <laughs> no, it sounds like Alien is spawning. It's just, it's just, it's just, I don't want you to look at me. <laughs> chicken and chocolate. I'm just stuck on that. Also, uh, and milk. Also, and is milk? it chicken breast or thigh? I, I don't know. Is it lean or fat part of chicken? Yeah. yeah. If we've been, I just don't know. Has it been brined? Yeah. If we, we, haven't got enough, we haven't got enough time for the CIA okay. plot, but tell us about... <laughs> <laughs> the chicken. Oh man. Um, so when he finally emerged in the summer of 1958, his hygiene was terrible. He had not bathed or cut his hair or his nails all oh, that time. Dream life. So this dream is life. where we have the like the stuff. Now there is a suggestion this could have been due to this condition called allodynia, which is a condition that results in pain responses to stimuli that wouldn't normally cause pain, possibly related to the burns that he had. Um, but this type of behavior basically becomes his life. So I hope the autobiography was called Chicken and Chocolate. Because <laughs> they missed a trick otherwise. If, it was, if it, they were going to go for like the kind of the tell-all. Yeah. Like, I think Polo Choco would be a better name. Do you think so? <laughs> oh, right. wow. Polo Choco. Sorry. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, food I understand. <laughs> so after this he just basically lives in hotels and just does this on repeat. So he he gets this, he goes to the Beverly Hills Hotel where he rents a room for his aides, his wife, and numerous girlfriends. Now <laughs> eventually his wife does leave him, but this lifestyle is fine for a bit. Uh, and this is his second wife by then as well. Uh, and he would sit naked in his bedroom with a, in a with a pink hotel napkin placed over his genitals, <laughs> watching movies. Um, and this again, people have, people have suggested that he finds clothing too painful because of this allodynia. Okay. Uh, okay. Sure. Thing. Yeah. That's why you have a premier in napkin on your dick. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. 
I hope he tipped the whoever does the room service handsomely. I mean, this sounds like a hell. Yeah, because they're cleaning around him, right? Because he won't leave the room. He's not going to leave the room. No, no, come in. Go ahead and clean. He would basically move into a penthouse for a year at a time. And then there's this whole thing where, like, he was getting taxed in California. So he goes to Las Vegas and he's in the penthouse in this hotel in Las Vegas. And they're getting really annoyed because they reserve the penthouses for, like, the really big rollers that are going to gamble loads. They're like, you're going to have to leave. Question, what does he do when they say you have to leave? Well, he obviously goes and gambles millions, right? Okay. I mean, I guess that's Gambling. what I would do. I would he wouldn't like, leave to gamble, though. He probably just gives the money. Like, okay, well, what will it cost for me to stay here? A million on red or something, he'd say. Like, Yeah, like go put in a I've been to Vegas, me. guys. I know the terms. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, would, would he do that? Because okay, he's got, so if he's a billionaire. Tell them yeah. Napkin Hughes so sent we've, you. we've got gambling. We've got sending people to gamble. He'd leave feces in the room. So uh, people are finding too gross to even. So no one wants the room. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? In a way, you are the closest. <laughs> in a way. Oh, you are still okay. incorrect. What he does okay. is he buys the hotel. Wow. <laughs> oh. oh. This is a succession episode. Oh my god. Oh my god. So he just does that, and then he buys loads of land in Las Vegas. Oh, there's a thing where he like buys loads of television companies so that he can put on the TV that he wants because they don't have like late night TV in Las Vegas. <laughs> Vegas at this time. So, do you so, know what? I, I'm going to say it. Some people have too much money. I was just going to say, like, this is a great case study in how maybe there should be a cap on yeah. what any one person can have. Absolutely. Uh, call me a commie if you will. So, but in the meantime, before we have the cap, he gets to watch his favorite old movies on late night TV because they didn't have any late night stations until he bought them and set them up and made everyone put his movies on. Oh just had that, like, you could have got a VCR, right? Like, it was the 70s. Uh, no, because actually some of this is the 60s. Okay. We're getting to the 70s. This sounds like a Roman emperor with technology. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Oh, there's this... I like, toga is a napkin. <laughs> it's old tiny toga. Old tiny toga. <laughs> I'll quickly tell you this. Okay. So I hope you folded it, like, occasionally into, like, a swan. Like, did he do little... Today I folded it into a... You know, some origami. Some dick origami is no, what I'm asking We don't for. have that information. He's so secretive. Okay. Um, I want to tell you this story. I like... I just love giving you the stupid facts, but they're the most fun. So, um, he's got this inner a group of aides that are running his business and doing his every whim he decides that he's obsessed with this banana ice cream from Baskin Robbins uh, it's like this banana and nut ice cream Fair and enough. he's like I want this like this all I want right now is this banana and nut ice cream so the aides try and get it from Baskin Robbins but it's been discontinued oh shit so they have to like they're like well can you make it again because Howard Hughes wants it and they're like well <laughs> we, you know there's going to be a minimum order you need like loads and loads of gallons of this ice cream for us to actually do this so they're like yes money's no object please make us the ice cream so they order all of this ice 350 gallons oh of, um, my God. of this ice cream and by the time they've got it he doesn't like the ice cream anymore <laughs> it's like a toddler isn't it like, yes a rich rich toddler billionaire toddler um, I was a bit disappointed I thought he would buy the ice cream company this time no. yeah, yeah actually he's Selective. got form he should have done that 
Um, so a few days after it arrived, he announced uh, that he only wanted French vanilla ice cream. So they've got all of this banana ice cream, and now it's like this legend. So when the Desert Inn ended up distributing free banana ice cream to casino um, customers for a year. Oh, my God. Um, and then yeah. this in 1996, this interviewer that had been like uh, in Howard Hughes's chief of Nevada operations said that there's a rumor that there's still some banana nut ice cream left in the freezer wow. in that place. So we can assume it wasn't quite organic, though. Because- <laughs> <laughs> you can keep the ice cream. I know it's in the freezer, but for years, what? What chemicals are there? It's got all I the right know. chemicals. I know. I grew up on Baskin Robbins. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> It's um, not natural. <laughs> so, like, as we, you know, he's got these head traumas, probably. Um, I think it's probably fair to say that Howard Hughes was suffering from some kind of mental health issues. Um, probably could have benefited from some psychiatric support. Perhaps. But if you're a billionaire and or in the 70s, that's probably not going to be forthcoming. <laughs> you know, because, like, Britney Spears did less than this. No one's coming for Kanye West. Anyway. So basically, you know, he's just surrounded by yes men. Yeah. How, <laughs> this is so shit. How many psychiatrists does it take to section a billionaire? None. He's too rich. Yeah. You gotta try, haven't you? Uh, now, so Clifford and Suskind actually do uh, quite a lot of painstaking research for this book. So it looks like authentically how a huge, that's the only way they could have got the information because it's stuff that only he would know. And so this film with Richard Gere is full of them getting up to scrapes and japes, trying to like get this. They're tricking people. They're nicking files. But no, no butts. No butt okay. stuff. They're sneakily, photo- you know, doing photocopying stuff. There's one bit where they steal classified documents um, from, I think, the Pentagon. Just classic japes, you know. <laughs> um, now <laughs> I want to say. So you mean Pentagon? like they made the book appear factual, but it's fictionalized? Yeah. Just well, like The Crown, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah, they've stumbled on. They, they. What's happened is they've done a too good a job that now lots of people are starting to get worried. So some of what they find out that only Hughes could know links to a big scandal that is about to hit America but hasn't yet happened. Question: What is it? Watergate. Hey! Watergate. Wow. You are correct. Um, so there's all this stuff on, like, so in the 50s, Hughes had lent Nixon's brother Donald like $250,000 to bail out a restaurant. There's like a few different bits and pieces flying around that's on record. And then there was like a suggestion of money laundering, but was it money laundering? And there was a couple of things that did, there was something about tapes. Nothing's ever acted properly concrete in this book, but this book knows too much because obviously they've nicked classified documents. Um, And there were also, at this time, there were already people on the trail of... Watergate a bit like because there were obviously those failed break-ins before they even get to the bit so there's lo- there's some lots of moving parts that Tricklegate this... yes exactly <laughs> so this kind of crashes into some of the things that are already happening but again it's a fairly safe assumption that Hughes won't get involved but then you know suddenly he does the film hints and there's different versions of this online that basically Nixon makes a call and that that's why Hughes bothers to step forward to denounce the book. It's difficult to verify that for sure because the internet is full of contradictory things. But we now, know that Nixon worked in an office with a telephone. So. Right, he had access to a telephone. <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, I don't want to. I don't want to throw the book. That's a bit. all I need. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're up to speed. We're back at the how we started at the beginning. We've got this eccentric billionaire. We've got this book being denounced, and then go like, oh no, we've got your signature. So. We've still got 
the publisher saying, but we've got your signature. We've still got Hughes um, not wanting to appear in public, but trying to denounce this book. So question, how does Howard Hughes denounce the book while not appearing in public? I mean, I we need to go back to the wig, right? It's like it's he's wearing a wig and he comes as his own lawyer or something. Yes, there's gonna be a video. There's gotta be something that he Yes. That he does pretending to be someone else. But the the thing that gives him away is he's only wearing a napkin. (laughs) (laughs) I think he would have sent in a cassette. Okay. And after he's being played the cassette will explode like a mission possible. That's great. I like it. Yeah, I think there's maybe a video of him in a wig pretending to be somebody representing Howard Hughes. Although that feels a bit baldy for somebody that's so such a recluse. But maybe maybe a wig gave him courage, as it does with us all. Okay. Um, We've all worn wigs, right? You guys are a different person. Do you know what? It's not wigs. Damn it. I will get to the wig in a minute. Okay. Uh, it is telephone. The answer is telephone. Mm. So, um, but then we have the problem of how do we work out who is really on the other end of the telephone line? Right. So, because basically it's paper versus voice right now. <laughs> so they get... So it's they, not Alien versus Predator, is it? It's not like, as exciting. <laughs> it's like... I hope they are not getting an expert to verify his voice. Remember the, the expert that verified his signature. That yeah. didn't do a really good job. You would absolutely yeah. think... Bring in your shiny voice expert can't, here. You know, they've had enough of experts. Hey, everybody, I'm Howard Hughes. <laughs> they have... They this have, is a real book that I wrote. They have not yet had enough of it. <gasps> they get experts in. Um, and what happens is they have a press conference. Uh, this press conference gets held with all of the sort of Hughes' favourite journalists from back when he still saw people. So all the people that he sort of most liked or that had a vaguely had a relationship with him uh, are there at this press conference. And Hughes conducts the press conference by phone. And they have, and it's like a long, you know, it's like a good half an hour old, like it's like a proper length uh, press conference. They have this spectrographic voice print analysis. What? Oh, yeah. That just sounds like words. Yeah. <laughs> the Channel 5 <Spectrum>. documentary. <laughs> I don't trust it. I know. Well, it measures the tone, pitch and volume and it was conducted to determine if the speaker was indeed Howard Hughes. And the voice analyst correctly identified that the speaker was Hughes. Okay. So uh-huh. it's officially Hughes on the phone denouncing this book, holding okay. a press conference, calling it a scam. So the, the jig is up. Question, does Irving admit that he was lying about this book? I think that you're, you're within a sort of space where, with him, that you can sort of say that he did agree to it, but he's clearly kind of so eccentric oh. that he forgot. And actually, this is really sad because huh. I put a lot of work into this and he's changed his tune. I, I, I just, I feel like if you're ballsy enough to do that anyway... In the first place, yeah. Yeah, you might also be like... Double down. Well, actually, it's like, what was it, the, the guy that escaped from prison recently and then they caught him <laughs> and then yeah. there was a thing saying he's denied it. He said he's not guilty. <laughs> and I, I just saw someone on Twitter saying, let's hear him out. <laughs> but that really makes me laugh because I think actually if you're going to do something that crazy, yeah. you kind of, maybe you just sort of stick I agree. to your guns. I agree, because... Because the 
fact that um, how you denounced it is the best promotion possible. <laughs> so you should commit to it because you know the book's gonna sell, 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 sell. Yeah, what's in there? Ah. The unofficial. Hundred percent your... unofficial oh. annual. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's the real dirt. Do, do you agree, Taylor? Yes, I agree. You're all wrong, I'm afraid. Oh, <laughs> too much morals in the seventies. <laughs> so he admits that he was lying. Everything comes tumbling down within a few weeks. There's this federal and state investigation as well as um, bank offices in Geneva. So basically they try to cash... So what they do is they get Clifford's then wife, Edith, to put on a wig, uh, go to Switzerland, cash this check as um, Helga... Um, Helga Hughes, the HR Hughes is Helga Hughes. Um, so that's the fraud part and the mail fraud and all of that is all tied wait, up with that. We're going to need a wig. I love that they're like, yeah. you can't do this on your own. I just thought the poor woman from Edith to Helga is just not improvement at all in either language. I feel like she could have kept her natural hair. I'm just saying. Yeah, but I guess she didn't want to look like, I guess they wanted to end the paper trail. I don't know. Um, so it's all in the Swiss bank account because they think it's going to be safe but then it all gets you know it all comes it all gets found out and investigated and she had a forged passport as well so they nearly pulled off this stunning fraud but they didn't and then all of the like the escapades of what they've done coming out is basically more sensational than the book because everyone was even more amazed by this than they were about the book Um, and also some of the extracts from the book had been published in magazines before so even though the book does not get published the information some of it is already out there in the world and there are people that think that actually is partly what caused watergate the snowballed basically yeah um and that if this hadn't happened that maybe watergate might not have happened they're lucky they're in the 70s because if it were today someone would upload the entire bdf on internet yeah Yeah, it's very much a because it yeah. was that time crime. Do you think any of them go to prison? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> and I think they're still there now. <laughs> Feels like quite a big fraud. I feel like they yeah. probably, and he admitted it as well. Yeah. Maybe not for long. Okay. But I think a little bit of prison. Oh, I think yes, because Nixon will want him in the prison. Wasn't so in he prison. can't talk. Yeah. Okay. So Clifford only gets 17 months. Suskind gets five years. He wasn't like, the only reason I can think that he gets more than Clifford is because he actually, in the film, he's the one that nicks the uh, classified documents. So I don't know if he kind of, although he was less the ideas man, he kind of did a bit more of the legwork. And then Edith gets two months in New York and then she has to be extradited to Switzerland because her part of the crime is international. Oh, does she bring the wig with her though? I mean, the wig is the evidence. (laughs) Am I not Helga? <laughs> I feel like the Swiss kind of judiciary system is probably a little bit more chill. Like, like just have a turn around, sit down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. Enjoy your life. Oh, don't don't go in too hard. We still have our business to promote. Secret bank. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then so Clifford writes a book about it, like how he hoaxed, the, you know, the Howard Hughes hoax. And then he's so annoying because it's like really unreliable. So he writes this book about all this, the escapade of doing it. And then over time he's been like ha that was a lie in the book and that's not true and oh no no no, that was true I was just saying it was a lie at that time Um. so no one knows what's true and what's not he was a lot so so he dies in 2015 the film so the film comes out in 2017 so he did get to see the film with Richard Gere Um, and then he's like ha ha I was never this good looking (laughs) (laughs) yeah I really don't like him he has like a a ton of wives he'd like poor Edith I don't like him but what I like about this case is that this book was just too good and too credible 
and it flew too close to the sun and drew more attention than it might have needed to and they nearly got away with it if it wasn't for that pesky Nixon <laughs> so um, it was a deep fake before deep throat yeah did anything happen to the publisher though no I mean they probably didn't make them look good but no they didn't get prosecuted mm. at, at all but I guess let's raise a glass to crimes <laughs> <laughs> Dear Drunk Women, I have a cold case I need you to help solve. Now, this is from a listener who loves baking cakes and loves vanilla, and she lives with her mum, dad, brother, and cat, and she she gets really fancy vanilla. Okay, uh, I respect her immediately. She splashes out on the good stuff. <laughs> so she's got very expensive vanilla extract and a glass jar of vanilla bean paste. Very adamant about how much she loves vanilla. Um... <laughs> But it is expensive. She buys, she buys the good stuff. So last week, me, my mum and dad and brother went away for a few days. We have a cat sitter who we've had look after the cat and has done so on three other occasions. She is a strange one, but she seems nice. The day before... <laughs> the, cat, <laughs> the cat sitter. <laughs> the day before we went away, I used some vanilla extract. I did not finish it. It was not empty. I know it was there when we went away. We got home on Sunday. I've not been able to find the honey since we got back. And on Wednesday morning, uh, yesterday, I needed to use some vanilla extract, but I couldn't find it anywhere, nor could I find the vanilla bean paste. They had both, along with the honey, completely disappeared. Me and my mum searched the kitchen high and low for the missing vanilla items, but they are nowhere to be seen. I've confronted all my family members about this, but nobody knows. I think they're telling the truth. The only other suspects are the cat sitter, the cat, and the ghost. I just can't understand how the vanilla items in the cupboard were there when we were there and then disappeared when we got back. Did the cat sit a steel vanilla extract and paste along with the Tesco honey? I can't believe this would be the case, but there's no other explanation unless the cat or the ghost, but I'm not buying that. Are we just dropping ghost into this? Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, did I miss a bit where it said ghost? The ghost ghost is unexplained. (laughs) Okay. But the ghost is more for knocking things over and the cat doesn't have hands. So what do you think happened? Did the cat sit a steel vanilla and why would she even do that? I need your words of wisdom, drunk women. And that is from Isabel. Well, Isabel, like, it's amazing you've trusted us with this because this is the most serious (laughs) listener crime we have ever heard. Um, Have you been affected by any of the issues? (laughs) See, I I feel like I can solve this. Go on. The cat sitter did it. Okay. Had no idea that it was very expensive vanilla paste. I think that she was just like, oh, yeah, great. I'm going to do a quick bit of baking or whatever. I'm going to have some vanilla doesn't realise it's top drawer vanilla mm. my friend she was once at a house party and someone cracked an egg on her head and um, so sure. she she had to <laughs> that they had to like she was washing it in the shower but like the person um, no wait okay wait let me have got it's her sister who got the egg cracked on her head okay and then they went to um, clean it in the shower but it was my friend's shampoo that they used and uh, she had this really posh shampoo uh-huh. that she spent loads of money on oh, and you only and use like a, a tiny lot. bit yeah and they just like used loads of it to wash this egg off this girl's sure, head sure. Okay. and then that was like however much money because it was like basically empty because they had to wash her hair a few times right. um, and then um, she like couldn't ask them to get like another one because I bet her hair looked fantastic <laughs> after that treatment yeah. but she was like it's my experience extravagance so like why should they pay, pay for it or whatever yeah but so i wonder if it's that i wonder if it's the there's like because most people don't think about the cost of vanilla anyway that is my suggestion that's interesting and honey has gone missing yeah so i'm trying to think of the recipe that uses honey and vanilla 
Ooh, like quite a nice cake, I imagine. Like, you've got honey and vanilla in the same cake. Yeah, well, I mean, there is some. I would eat whatever honey. it is. I think the cat sitter did it. Okay. But maybe not in the way she thought, because it's so much work and effort to bake something, <laughs> right? So I you would see yeah. some flour residuals, so maybe they use as a lubricant. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I also, would... I kept getting distracted by the scripture that the cat sitter looks strange but nice. Like, are you talking about no building? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so influenced by bake. <laughs> I oh. just think baking is too much an effort when you're just yeah. doing cat sitting. I love that. Okay. That's like being very vanilla in the bedroom. But <laughs> what I mean is <laughs> such an irony using vanilla exactly. to do very unvanilla yeah. things. Yeah. I don't know. Call this vanilla when it's in my ass. Also, though, you <laughs> it's to use the vanilla paste to disguise a discharge. Oh wow! <laughs> we have we. Oh. I think we might have cracked the case. <laughs> Crack being the operative word. Yeah. Was yeah. your cat sitter had a partner who was reluctant yeah. to go down on them? <laughs> she did what any sensible woman would put lots to of sweeten the deal. <laughs> Yes. God, I can't believe we've actually solved one. <laughs> I think it's amazing. Well, there's I a hope, first time for everything. Hope that helped as well. <laughs> um, so we have just enough time. Quan Wen, what are you up to? What do you want to plug? Where can we find out more about you? I really should have something to plug, but I'm just been lying down since I came back from Edinburgh. Oh. So I have my Instagram account. Oh, yeah. That's Quan Wen Comedy. Cool. I'd like to say it's K for Kardashian, U for Unicorn, A for Ariana Grande, <laughs> and for Nicki Minaj, W for Winnie Houston, E for Gloria Estefan. I haven't thought of the second N yet, but I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Nat King Cole, how's that? <laughs> nice. Yes, yes. So I put most of stuff um, on on Instagram. Awesome. Yes. Cool. Well, it just remains to say thank you so much for joining oh. us, Kwan. Thank you for having me. And no, no. Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening. Bye! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.